Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning. I hope you're doing well. And I've had a great uh, weekend this weekend. I know that me and my family did. It was uh, wonderful to get to worship together in church yesterday and have a great day, both in person and online. Uh, so it's always a uh, it's always great to have a Sunday. Uh, it's great to see things going on, and I hope that your weekend was wonderful, no matter where you found yourself this weekend. If it was at home, if it was doing activities, uh, wherever it was, I hope it was a great weekend for you. Uh, I'm excited this week to um, get back into our looking at scripture like a bookshelf. I just uh, so um, uh, last week we talked of the Old Testament and how the Old Testament's organized, looking at the books of Moses the histories, the wisdom literature, and the prophets. Uh, this week, we're going to look at the New Testament and see how the New Testament is organized and see what that has to teach us about how we better understand God's Word. Um, one of the interesting things to think about when you look at the New Testament is you're going to see, a lot of times the New Testament, you'll see it referenced, the Scriptures say, or is it said in the Scriptures, or something with the Scriptures. Uh, remember for the New Testament that when they're discussing the Scriptures, they're talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament was written um, after the Old Testament, obviously. And so the New Testament was not written whenever they were these events were taking place in real time. Uh, the New Testament books roughly started being written around the year 45-ish A.D. and were written throughout the year 100 A.D. Um, the earliest books of the New Testament that we had written were Paul's letters, some of his letters, and the latest book we had written was the book of Revelation. Um, the Gospels were written in the 60s and 70s. Uh, AD. One of the reasons why the, God, the letters were, these things were written later is because when you go back and look at the early church, you see that, um, that much of, uh, that they expected Jesus' return at any moment. Uh, they really did. They expected Jesus' to return at any moment back then, so uh, they uh, didn't write a lot of it down in, at the moment. Uh, and then as the first generation of Christians began to die, after about 20 some odd years, they realized, oh, wow, maybe he's not returning right now. They began to write down um, these things, particularly the Gospels and Paul's letters. Because Paul's letters were written down anyway. They just were collected and formally organized. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to look at the structure of the New Testament, how it's put together, and what it can teach us about um, God's Word. Uh, if you, I would invite you, uh, one of the good ways we're doing this, we're actually doing this as a family, um, ourselves, going through this study. Um, it's helpful to have a Bible in front of you uh, so you can look at the uh, look at the table of contents. That kind of helps you get a better understanding for how it all, all fits together. So today we're talking about the Gospels and the book of Acts. Um, that'll be our, that'll be what we'll put on the shelf today, is the Gospels and the book of Acts. So the, this is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the book of Acts. What these books do for us is they paint for us a picture of who Jesus was or is, and, and the book of Acts gives us a glimpse into the early church. Each of these Gospel books is written for that purpose to paint for us an understanding of Jesus' life, in ministry, death, and resurrection. Uh, there are four of them in our um, in our Bible, and each of these, them has a slightly different perspective to give us a full picture of who Jesus is. Matthew was written by Matthew, the tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector, so his, um, his gospel can be very Jewish. You can see a lot of references to the Old Testament, a lot of references to the fulfillment of prophecies, uh, things such as that. Mark was... Um, uh, uh, Mark was not an apostle, 
Matthew and John were apostles of the gospel writers, but Mark and Luke were not. Apostles were the disciples that were called by Jesus and then given a specific job in the ordering of the church in the initial days of the early church. So Matthew uh, was Jewish and wrote a very Jewish gospel. Um, Mark was a young man. Mark was very influenced by Peter. Uh, some scholars would say that Mark is kind of Peter's gospel, that Peter gave Mark a lot of what he uh, taught and a lot of what he, he wrote and read. Um, Mark was influenced by Paul as well. So um, Mark, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is taking the style of uh, like a Roman um, leader, Roman, Roman general. He's always moving, immediately doing this, immediately doing that. He's always in the move, always, always in motion. Um, so Mark would have been, been very identifiable to a Roman audience. Uh, Luke was a Gentile doctor. We see Luke in the book of Acts. And Luke and Acts are two books of one volume, if you will. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, but then Luke also wrote the book of Acts. So we'll talk about it in just one second. But in Luke, uh, Luke, uh, you can tell from his writing style and from what he does that Luke is very educated. His, his Gospel is a very educated Gospel, both in the language that it uses, but also in the attention to detail. Attention to detail. You can see that Luke... Um, uh, talked to a variety of sources, I had a lot of eyewitnesses, I gathered a lot of info. Uh, you can tell that Luke's gospel is very thoroughly written and uh, very thorough and in-depth in how it is presented. Um, and Luke is a Gentile writing to a Gentile audience. And I'm going to talk in just one second about why this matters. And then John, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are often called the synoptic, synoptic gospels. Um, they're... Um, if you remember in your early English when you were a kid, you were taught to answer the questions, who, what, when, where. Uh, John's not answering those questions. John's answering the why questions. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all more or less follow the same flow, the same structure, the same same narrative form. Like they look, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are different in their points of emphasis, but they uh, are very similar in how their their timelines and their structure and stories and all these type of things. John, John's out in left field. John's not worried about your timeline. John's not worried about your structure. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are trying to tell you the history of what Jesus did. John's telling, trying to tell you the why. If you want to understand John's gospel, there's a line in the very back of it where John says, these, book, these words are written that you may come to understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And if all, that he was do, if all that he did was written down, there would not be enough books in all the world to contain it. John is not trying to give you a history of Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are trying to give you a history of Jesus' life. John's not. John's trying to persuade you to believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, sent for the sake of the world. Um, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are going to all have a little bit different narrative structures and narrative, narrative forms. Uh, as I was saying earlier, Matthew's gospel is very Jewish. So um, Matthew has in his gospel the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus goes to the mountain and says, you've heard it said, da-da-da-da-da, but I say to you, da-da-da-da-da. And so if you're a Jewish audience, you're going to um, hear that and identified Jesus with Moses. Because just as Moses went up on the mountain and received a law, now Jesus is coming on a mountain and he is giving us the law for us as Christians. So Matthew's writing with that in mind. Whereas Luke, Luke's writing to a Gentile audience that has no great understanding of the Old Testament. So when Jesus, when Luke tells us the story of the Sermon on the Mount, he tells it with Jesus sitting 
uh, teaching on a plane, very much in the same style that the Roman philosophers would teach their disciples. And so the question sometimes is asked, well, which is right, Matthew's gospel or Luke's gospel? And the greater point is, well, both are right. Jesus told the Sermon on the Mount, this heart of his teaching, in several forms, in several fashions, in several varieties for people to understand. They are showing us the fullness of Jesus' life and ministry. That's why it's important to read the Gospels in, in tandem. It's because it shows you the fullness of who Jesus is. Because no one Gospel captures the completeness of who Jesus Christ is. So Matthew, Mark, Luke are answering those who, what, when, where questions. John is going a little bit deeper and give you the why. So John's not worried about a timeline. I mean, one of the last things to happen in the synoptic gospels is that Jesus cleanses the temple during Holy Week. One of the first things to happen in John's gospel is Jesus cleanses the temple. I mean, John's not worried about getting the time right. John's worried about telling you about Jesus' life. Um, so that those are the gospels, and they tell us the story of who Jesus is. Then you have the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This is written by Luke as well. And just as the Gospel of Luke is a very thorough researching and very thoroughly laid out explanation of Jesus' life, the book of Acts is much the same. Uh, but it's about the early church. So it picks off right after the resurrection and continues to Pentecost and continues to the early churches that spread throughout the entire world. And we actually see a shift in pronouns in, in Acts because we see Luke actually enter into this story. This is where Luke enters in. So towards the middle to the end of Acts, Luke becomes a companion of Paul, and Luke becomes an eyewitness to all of these things. So for most of the book, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, Luke is a researcher recording the history of it all. Towards the end of the book of Acts, Luke becomes an eyewitness to what's happening, and he writes, his, he writes what he saw and what he, what he experienced. So, um, so these books... The Gospels and the book of Acts teach us what happened, give us a record of Jesus' teaching and the teaching of the early church, and give us a record for how God moved in these things. So uh, these are, in some ways, the histories of the New Testament. Just like the histories function in the Old Testament, giving you a history of what happened to the Jewish people, in many ways the Gospels do the same thing, but it's so much more than that. Um, and by, by the way, so are the histories in the Old Testament. The histories in the Old Testament also have a lot of great spiritual truth within them. Hear me. There's great stuff there. Great, deep, mystical, spiritual things. But the Gospels present to us the heart of who Jesus Christ was. And I think they're so important to first understand because Colossians tells us that Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So in other words, if you want to know who God is, you look to Jesus. The Gospels are not more inspired than the rest of the Bible. I want to be very clear. That's, that was a heresy in the, in the early church to say that the Gospels were more inspired than the rest of the Bible. That is not true. We do not believe the Gospels are more inspired than any other book in the Bible. But we do believe the Gospels do show us a uniqueness to God's heart because the Gospels show us Jesus fully and completely. I heard a preacher say one time, this is true. You want to change your life, read a Gospel. I think it's a good exercise for all of us. Read a Gospel. Pick one of them. I personally think Mark, Mark's a good place to start because Mark is the earliest of the Gospels, the most concise of the Gospels, and the simplest of the Gospels. In my opinion, that's, that's my opinion. But pick one of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Pick one of them and read them. And I guarantee you, if you read a Gospel all the way through, it'll change your life. When you see who Jesus really is, not who we think he is, not who we believe he is, we actually see who he is. So that's the challenge for us, I think, maybe, is to read a Gospel. Um... But as we start the New Testament, we start with the Gospels because the New, point, the New Testament truly points us to Jesus. And the Gospels and the book of Acts help us to understand 
Jesus and Acts helps us to understand the early church. So that's the first uh, books on our shelf for the New Testament. It's the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Join us tomorrow and we'll talk about Paul and his letters. Have a great day.